Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast, Season 3. I'm Rob Shear, the founder of Comfort Cases and your host. Together, we have made such a difference in the world. We've met with leaders and change makers in the foster care system. We've met with charities and philanthropists, celebrities, authors, and so much more. We'll continue to bring you guests who will share how together, as a community, we can bring about change. Welcome once again to Fostering Change. So it's really hard to believe that we are actually in November, November 16th, and I hope every single one of you have enjoyed the last several episodes, and it was hard to believe we had our one hundredth episode during this time. You know, for me, it was the exciting part of listening to the last episodes in October. But today, I am so excited for our guest. I'm excited for our guest because this is something that I think each and every one of us should talk about. See, my friend Jody has written a book, and the book is called Good Night Star, Whoever You Are. You know, Jody wrote this book, and I am saying that this is something each and every one of us should have in our children's library. So, Jody, welcome to Fostering Change. Most of you don't know this, but in a matter of two days, we will have Children's Grief Awareness Day. Exactly right. Children's Grief Awareness Day. And I think that this is something that we should talk about more often. As someone who has lost not only my mother, I lost my father at a very, very young age. Um, I think it's important that we talk about grief. So to all of you, Jody, welcome to Fostering Change. Thank you so much for having me and congratulations on 100 episodes. I, I was kept in the dark about this too. So I know, I feel honored. Cool. I'm honored that I am the special guest today. Good. Well, I am so, so excited to have you here. Now, one thing I kind of ask right off the bat, you know, we all are inspired to do certain things. I always say, take your passion and turn it into a purpose. What was your passion behind wanting to write a book called Goodnight Star, Whoever You Are? So I have been hit really hard by grief in multiple ways. I lost my mom at age 40, um, but that pales in comparison to my bonus daughter, who was just four when she lost her mom. And years later, my son and her also, they share a father. And he died when my son was just eight years old and she was 21. So I have two children who have been in the throes of unspeakable grief for years. Uh, one who lost both parents by age 21 and the, and the other one, of course, who lost his beloved dad at eight years old. So, you know, being a child, and by the way, I lost my parents at the age of 12, um, it, it's something sometimes that we we seem not to understand. And the thing that, that surprised me the most is the number of people that I'll, I'll never forget this. You know, I'm sitting in a funeral home um, for when my mother had died. My parents died three months apart and my mother had died. And I remember people kept putting their arm on me at the age of 12 and they were saying, it's going to be all right. 
It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And you know what? I'm 55 and it's not all right all the time. And so, you know, to be able to be as young as I was and to have a book like this to read, it means so much, you know, but losing your mom at 40, did that, was that the trigger moment of saying, let's write this book? Absolutely not. I mean, I think if anything, uh, my children and going through all of this grief and the longing and loneliness and isolation that comes along with grief, it just amplified the fact that, you know, of course, it's more expected at my age to experience the loss of a parent or a caregiver, but it's more unexpected at their age. And I wanted to just sharpen the lens and put a focus on this topic that is just not discussed nearly enough. Even wow. though grief is grief is a great equalizer. But Everyone my, is but, going but, to experience but, it, right? But, Everyone's but, going to experience it at some point, but we are collectively so afraid to discuss grief. But my question is why? I just think it's an uncomfortable topic and people, you know, kind of use this language that does not help at all you know, quote unquote, may her memory be a blessing. It's like a walking Hallmark card, you know, may her memory be a blessing or, you know, she's in a better place or, you know, these things that really don't comfort someone who's grieving because they want to stop. I, I believe sometimes you want to stop the conversation because you feel uncomfortable discussing it because everyone, of course, most feeling uh, human beings have compassion for people who are experiencing unspeakable grief. They just don't know how to address it. And something I always say is there's no perfect way to address someone who's grieving. There, there really isn't. The worst thing you can do is ignore it or try to sugarcoat it or, or just kind of put it in a box and put it aside and say, I'm so sorry for your loss and move on. That's, I think, a lot what happens, especially with kids. You know, I went through a really difficult time with my son who's a really personable guy, very social. And he understandably was out of school for, you know, eight days after his father passed away because he wanted to play an integral role in everything. He wanted to, um, you know, eulogize his dad and be a part of everything. So when he was going back to school, he anticipated that his classmates and friends would, of course, just say, hey, you know, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. You just at least address it. And they were instructed to not say one word to him coming back to school. And this is a highly evolved good school district. I was so shocked by that. And it really hurt my son's feelings. Not saying that the whole class had to, you know, redirect and focus on what had transpired. But there was a seismic shift in my son's life. I mean, I mean, it's like there's no acknowledgement. It's almost like that it never, I, it, let me tell you, I remember, I remember the same exact thing. I remember walking back into to sixth grade and everybody walked back in like nothing had happened. That, you know, and I lived in a small town. Everybody knew that my mother had died and it was like nothing happened. And nobody said anything. The teacher didn't say anything. The students didn't say anything. And so then it, you you have all this grief that you built up inside of you because you're not able to express it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, it, I it's grief is such an individual journey. Um, like for instance, my bonus daughter, 
was really more embarrassed to talk about the fact that her mom had passed away when she was a young girl. So dealing with that potentially with her would have made sense. For my son, it made zero sense. And if anyone had communicated with me and said, you know what, we want to support Alex in the best way we can when he comes back to school, would he like to, you know, have people address, address this with him or would he not want that? Just have those conversations uh, because I would have certainly directed them in a different way. And how painful and sad it is that you had that experience decades ago and we're decades. still in that same place. Because again, I really feel that people collectively are so uncomfortable with this topic and that's adults and children. Almost yeah. sometimes that maybe a fear that they don't want it to happen to them. That it's like contagious or they just don't want to say the wrong thing. So they don't say anything. And that's the worst. You know, I think a lot of it is the fact that, and, and this is the thing that I just, I don't seem to comprehend is that they feel like if they talk about it, then if they talk about it, then it's going to happen. But we have to realize death is part of living. Simple as that. Death is part of living. Now, not everybody's death is the way we all want it to be as we sit there by their bed and they take their last breath. There's tragedy death and there's death that we can't, and most of we cannot explain, but death is part of living. And, and that's what we have to come to terms with because I think it makes us healthier adults, you know, and, and again, I don't want my kids to think every single day, oh my gosh, tomorrow daddy might die, or oh my gosh, I might die tomorrow. But what I want my children to know is that death is part of living, so live every single day like it's the last day, you know? And that's something we're just so scared to talk about. We are, we are. I mean, a lot of people are, it, it's, I think like public speaking and death, uh, you know, are right up there on, humanity's like greatest fears. Unfortunately, there are people who, and that's a lot of us, who are dealing with grief and we all need to evolve and get there as a society and realize that, you know, ignoring this, ignoring people who are going through such difficult times um, and not kind of meeting them where they are and acknowledging this pain isn't gonna get us anywhere. So when did the Children's Grief Awareness Day come up? Has it always been around? To my knowledge, it's been around for quite some time. It's just something that people don't know about. That Children's Grief Awareness Month is in November and Children's Grief Awareness Day is November 18th. It's, wow. it's something I, we don't First of all, I did not know that. Um, I will tell you that for me, November has always been National Adoption Awareness Month. I've never heard anybody ever mentioned the word grief in the month of November. I think that it is something that we should talk about. But I also think that we live in a society that every single time we turn around, there's another month, there's another day, there's another. And so the things that I feel is important, i.e., I think that this is very important, that it gets, it gets just pushed over because there's so many other things that are happening, you know. Of course. Everyone, everyone is, you know, I mean, you see the world through your own lens. That's the way we are as yeah. humans is completely yeah. understandable, but using your platform to shine a light on a topic that is not discussed enough, you're definitely um, helping the cause. 
You know, I it's once again, and I know. Okay, for all of those who are getting ready to email me, I get enough of them. It's okay. I'm allowed to have my opinion. Grief is something that needs to be taught in school as well. Simple as that. Because what you just said about your son, what I experienced, what I know so many other kids experience, where it it's like if it it didn't happen. It's like that day that it didn't happen. And 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 until we can acknowledge, you know, for me, and I and I can I just imagine it was somewhat like what your son. For me, it was like you weren't acknowledging the death of my parent. So were you truly acknowledging me as a human? Exactly. It's you know, it's a really isolating journey to go on. You know, grief, yes. especially losing losing a caregiver or a parent, uh, especially is really difficult because it's it's not part of the norm or standard for a lot of children, right? I think it's more expected that potentially you might lose a grandparent as you're growing up, you know, before you turn 18 years old, but losing a parent or you know primary caregiver is not a typical experience, at least in some, you know, a lot of small towns, like the one we were in, frankly, uh, he was the only kid who had that experience. So it, it had me seeking out other opportunities to find other children who can relate to him on that level. And I found experience camps, which is just an incredible resource for grieving families. Yeah, I, I don't remember any other kid as I was growing up, who lost their parents, like I had lost both of my mother and my father. The first part of this um, Fostering Change episode has been so amazing. Talking about Goodnight Star, whoever you are. You know, I think each and every library should have this. So do me a favor. For those of you who are listening, as you're watching, purchase this book and send it to a library. I'm going to give you all the links when we get back and everybody... Hold on right there. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. Well, you know, here we are. We're back to our second part of Good Night Star, Whoever You Are, from my amazing friend, Jody Meltzer. Well, for those of you who turned in to the first half of our Fostering Change podcast, you learned a lot. By the way, so did I. Didn't even know there was a Children's Grief Awareness Day, but I want each and every one of us to celebrate it on November the 18th. But I am so, so excited to continue talking to my friend who wrote the book, Good Night Star, Wherever You Are. You know, this has been a hard time for all of us, Jody. The last 20 some months, we have seen a pandemic across our country, across our world. We have seen the tolls of death increase, increase over 700,000 within our country alone. And by the way, these are kids who are losing their moms and dads. These are not people that are just losing the elderly in a nursing home. I read an article just over the weekend where a young woman 
had two young children and she got COVID and she passed away. And I thought about the fact that I was getting ready to interview you and exactly what is it going to be like for these kids as they, they grow up? Um, how does that make you feel? So I actually decided to write Goodnight Star, whoever you are, of course, because of our, my personal experience, but it was amplified by the fact that we were going through the pandemic. And when I started the process, because bringing a book to market is excruciatingly hard at times, it's not an easy feat to achieve. So I'm so excited that this book is out. But regardless, just sidetrack there. But I wanted to just point out that just last week, uh, pediatrics announced that 140,000 children have lost a primary caregiver due to COVID-19. <clears throat> and that's just mind-numbing. It really, truly is. And that doesn't take into account, of course, children who have lost a parent through a tragedy or other types of illness, but it certainly underscores the timing of this book and why it's so important to elevate the public's consciousness about grief because a lot of children out there are grieving and collectively, I think as a society, we're grieving to a degree as well uh, in terms of how different our lives are. And that's a complete different aspect of grief, but we've all been going through a really difficult time. Yeah, I agree. And I agree whether you, and by the way, I haven't met anyone who has not known someone who has died of COVID, but unless it's, you're that person who hasn't even met someone, it's still a part of grief. It's part of grief of our society that we will never see again. It'll never, you know, I hear people say, oh, just wait one day. Well, it'll be back before um, the March of 2020, how we used to be. No, no. It, 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 it's a, it's almost, and again, you know, people are not going to agree. It's like nine 11, you know, was literally just in my head. Yep. I was just thinking that as you were talking, you know, there's no going back after no. certain times. And I would, I would equate it to that, obviously very different, starkly different, but in terms of, you know, elevating the public's consciousness as to vulnerabilities, you know, that we're vulnerable to a pandemic and, we were vulnerable to an attack on 9-11. It just changes who we are collectively as a society. And you, I think we're in one of those times. You just made a comment that how different it is. Now that I think about it, it actually isn't different. You know, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, we lost thousands of people in 9-11. We've lost hundreds of thousands of people with the pandemic. We made changes within our society when 9-11 happened, take your shoes off when you get on an airplane. You can't take certain things on an airplane. The problem that I see with the pandemic and seeing the, the loss, and when I hear, hear that many children who are going to be raised without a caregiver, I don't feel we've done enough change. You know, I don't feel we've done enough change. And I will tell you, as a kid who grew up without a mom and dad, who grew up in the foster care system, which by the way, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing these kids going into foster care and they're not able to talk about their grief and they're not able to express the sadness they have within their heart because they're never going to see their mom or dad again at that particular moment in their life. 
I have to ask you, are you sending this book um, to some hospitals by chance? What can I ask is I, I think about these kids who, you know, are in a hospital, you know, kids are allowed now to go visit their parents. They have COVID, but, but where do you see this book going? It's truly heartbreaking what people are going through. And I think that validating grief, you know, validating this period of time, especially with children who are actively going through it is critical. And I, I'm right now, I mean, the only donations that I've given so far is to experience camps uh, because they are tackling grief. They provide a camp for children who have lost a caregiver or a sibling. And it's actually a free camp and they're able to bond. Yes. For almost a week to sleep over camp, an incredible experience. One that my son looks forward to every year. And that's the whole like essence of where I'm coming from too, is trying to get people and get children to understand that they're not alone in their grief. And it'll walk alongside you. That is okay. The way you grieve is okay. Uh, you know, some people may grieve in a way where they're really upset and they may listen to a song that reminds them of, of someone. And some people may bake a cake and celebrate the fact that the person lived. And it's just, it's all okay. However you process grief is fine. But if there are any hospitals that are looking for good night star, whoever you are, you can find me on jodymeltzer.com. Well, I'm telling you, they should do that. You know, um, my kids, we lost our grandma JJ in October. And um, someone asked me just, you know, how am I feeling? And I said, you know, sad, angry, mad, at times happy, you know, because I'm thinking about the memories with grandma JJ and the memories my kids had made and and, you know, no matter how old you are or however young you are, death is something that we all must continue to talk about. We have to. We have to talk about it. And the reason we talk about death is that helps us when it comes to grief. You know, grief comes in waves. And I know it. You know it. And we need to teach other people. And by the way, we need to teach people that grief is healthy. It's healthy. You know, to keep it bottled up inside, like they made your son do at school or they made I do at school, that's not healthy for us. You know, grief, yeah. it's, it's healthy to let it out, to be mad, to be angry, to be sad, to be happy. There's so many levels of grief that we must experience to get to that end. And by the way, even after all of these years, and probably the same with you, even though you're so young, you still grieve your mother. I'm not that young. I'm turning 49, but thank you. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You know, grief is the price of love. And I wish I could attribute that quote to someone. Um, I don't know who said it off the top of my head, but it's something that always resonated with me. So if someone mattered to you, you are going to grieve when they're not there for your everyday life, when they can't celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and just be there to go out to lunch or whatever your favorite thing to do was with that person, you are going to go through that. And to your point, yes, some days it's going to look like maybe it could be curling up in the fetal position and just crying. And then other days it's 
going out and apple picking like you always used to do and doing it in in her honor because it's something that gives you such joy and great memory but every single thing that you do is okay that's what i really want to validate for people is nobody grieves in one way and actually andy grammar um the multi-platinum singer-songwriter i was so fortunate that he provided a really moving forward for this book and he talks about the way he grieves his mother and he does it in a way where you know he encourages his daughter to talk out loud to her whenever she wants to and his mom loved cake so he would bake a cake when he misses her in her honor and eat it and celebrate her life and that's something that he does to keep her walking alongside him um, there's no wrong way to grieve, but the one thing that's wrong is not acknowledging that it exists and that there are so many people who are going through it or, and are in the throes of it. And we need, to, we need to acknowledge them and validate them. And we need resources to deal with grief collectively as well. I mean, not just in schools, in the workplace, uh, it's something that we just need to elevate the public consciousness about. It is the great equalizer. We need to normalize it and we need to talk about it. I agree. I agree. Wow. What a guest. What a guest. Listen, so Jody, how do people get a hold of you? So you can find me on jodymeltzer.com. That is a great central resource. And I also have bylines on multiple publications. And the book is available wherever books are sold online. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, take your pick. And you're a multi-award winning author. So so there. I think there's other books that people can choose from. Correct. Yes, I have another book called um, When You Lived in My Belly, which is a month-by-month storytelling of pregnancy from the perspective of mom and baby. So it goes through the milestones babies reach in utero. Because moms always remember pregnancy, of course. Right, right. But children don't have that lens. So inviting them into that journey. Wow. I love that. I love that. And listen, I love you. And so, <laughs> Jody, thank you so much. Everybody, listen, I want to say you all can have an opportunity to be a part of the change. And the change is, is how we change the narrative of what we used to do and what we do today. What we used to do is when someone in our lives, a sibling, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a grandparent, when they died, they died, we had a big dinner, and then nobody talked about it the next day. Guess what? Grief lasts longer than a day. Grief lasts longer than a day. So. I'm Don't asking. be scared to bring it up. Exactly. You're not going to remind the person who's enduring such a tragic loss. You're not going to, you know, remind them that they're dealing with life without someone who's such a significant role in their life and a loved one. You're just validating the fact that that person existed. You are going through a really difficult time and that time continues. I mean, once you go through uh, the grief and loss of a loved one, in my opinion, it walks alongside you every day. Every and day. I never feel upset if someone brings up my mom, for example. I I always like feel so touched that they remembered. They remember. Her. They remember. Exactly. And that, that it, you know what? It's tough for me. 
even even though I, you know, I am, I was 40 at the time. I mean, she was my best friend in the whole world. And there are daily milestones and things I think about her all the time. It's, you're not reminding me that she existed. Trust me. I had a friend of mine, um, her, she lost her husband um, not many years ago and she had two young boys. Um, and she said to me, I want to say it about two or three months after her husband had died. She said, you know, Rob, the one thing that you did differently than everyone else. And I said, what's that? She says, you always said his name. She said, you always said his name. After he died, you always had a conversation and you included his name. You didn't say, oh, your husband died or you said his name. And that validated her because we didn't forget him and we still haven't forgotten him. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this amazing episode of Fostering Change as much as I did. The most flattering thing you could do is share. Share this, share this, share this. And if you have any questions, please make sure you email me at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org and we will definitely get those answered. I hope each and every one of you do exactly what we should be all doing every single day. Be a good human. Take care, everybody. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.